0: Healthy Lifestyle is brought to you by ScepterGuard. guard your family's all-natural defense against infections.
1: Azania Musaka on 702.
2: And uh, today we're talking about epilepsy. Dr. Dave Anderson is a neurologist and he actually runs um, the epilepsy monitoring unit at Mill Park Hospital. And, you know, when you think about epilepsy, it is almost like the brain's own type of electrical surge. Something happens and uh, your awareness state is interrupted. But, you know, people that are prone to seizures have to be very circumspect about certain activities, doing certain activities, because um, seizing while driving, swimming, bathing, bathing alone, um, or using machinery, for example, has the potential to harm not only the, the sufferer, but also other people around them. So what is being epileptic meant to you and the way you live your life and how maybe you have a family uh, member or a friend who's epileptic how is being how is it like being like supporting them um through this condition that they have to manage and expect to hit at any time i remember uh, having just a light meal at a restaurant in rosebank i think it was about a year ago getting ready to watch a movie um and uh, the waitress came she dropped off our drinks and as she walked away she just fell to the ground she just dropped to the ground and uh, started having a seizure. And at first, you know, you, you you take a second look because you're unsure about what is happening. And the manager came and some of the staff and some of the patrons gathered around her. Um, and we we, we we tried to have her in a comfortable position. And one of the staff said, yes, um, she does suffer from epilepsy. So the seizures have happened while at work. Um, and I just thought about what happens when you're in public transport, when you're going home. And... Um, Maybe she could have been carrying a tray full of plates and food and so on. So it can hit at any time. So what has it meant to you and how you live your life? And maybe you want to uh, get more knowledge about um, some of the medical details. We have an expert on hand as part of today's health and wellness feature. That's on 011-883-0702. And that is uh, Dr. Dave Anderson. Thank you so much for joining us today.
3: Thanks so much for the invitation, Adanya.
2: Um So, Epileptic seizures are quite dramatic or they, they some of them the different or certain types but anyway can be quite dramatic they can be
3: Uh, seizures can actually mimic anything the brain can do a seizure i think when a person thinks of a seizure one imagines the kind where somebody drops to the floor and and shakes Mm -hmm. and loses consciousness but many seizures can be something as simple as a a twitch of the hand or or even a strange thought or or, or a smell Uh, so really a, a seizure can be can be almost almost anything but it you know it just takes one seizure to completely disrupt or as you've mentioned even destroy a life
2: Mm. So what are the types then? Because from what you've just said, it suggests that, uh, of course, it manifests in, in different ways.
3: There are several different ways to to classify epilepsy. Um, uh, people often refer to to, to to the terms grand mal and petty mal, referring to what it looks like to the person passing by. Grand mal being the kind where a person drops to the floor and, and shakes, and the petty mal being the, the type where a person is very still. But probably a better way to to classify it is really uh, either generalize where the whole brain has a seizure or focal it, it 's quite technical that but it does help the the neurologist or the doctor um, decide on which treatments to use it 's important because you know epilepsy is not one disease it's really it 's a group of neurological diseases that result in seizures so oh. to to try and clarify that a bit further. Um, Many many types of epilepsy can be genetic, but as the population gets older, sometimes it can be from uh, a scar on the brain. Uh, in our particular population, we've got a lot of parasitic infections, especially um, uh, closer to the coast, and these infections uh, can increase one's risk of, of of infection. And we often treat these types of epilepsy differently.
2: I see. And when children suffer from uh, epilepsy, do we know what it, whether it's due to uh, what it's due to? Could it be genetic in those cases?
3: a lot of those cases are um, it really depends on 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 the investigations that we do okay. uh, sometimes it can be from an uh, from an injury at birth sometimes it can be from uh, f- f- from from a genetic cause okay. so 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 the work of that we do is very important uh, to to try and to find out the type which dictates the treatment
2: Yes. Mutusi on Twitter says, last time I took my meds was in 2008. I stopped because I was forgetting people's names and spoke some lingo that uh, I only understood. Could this, does this sound like one of the things that can be experienced uh, by epilep- uh, epileptics?
3: It's very important that the diagnosis is correctly made. Yes. So, so, so so, the principle of treatment is, is well-established. The idea is to understand the type of epilepsy. You need to know what kind of epilepsy the person has. You then have to decide which treatments are appropriate. And once you've decided on the treatment, you have to make sure the treatment is firstly taken correctly and it's enough. Sometimes it's too much or too little, and sometimes the side effects can be worse than the disease. And, And then the patient shouldn't be having seizures. You know, it's very difficult. Epilepsy is a different disease. It's not like... uh diabetes where you can go to the doctor, you can see the sugar and you can monitor the sugar. The problem with epilepsy is that you're dealing with something that happens less than 1% of the time yeah. um, and you have to convince the patient often that you are really reducing risk. You know, uh, you don't want to have that one seizure on the on the highway and 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 put yourself and somebody else, else at risk. So yes, the medications have side effects and uh, you've got to make sure you're on the right medication and if you do have side effects, you've got to be communicating with your doctor and either adjusting the medication or changing the drug, yeah, there
2: are so, many,
3: many to choose from.
2: Yeah, yeah. So instead of stopping, he should have maybe gone back to his doctor to say this is the side effect from this particular medication and maybe consider something else.
3: And also discuss what are the risks of me having a seizure.
2: Yes, yes. Mm. Let's go to Llewellyn calling from Kruger Store. Hi, Llewellyn. Oh, Llewellyn, it's so loud over there. Uh, let's try that again. Um, all right, the producers will try and get him to get to a quieter spot. We have Lindy in Boxburg. Hi, Lindy. Hi, hi, how are you? Good, how are you?
4: Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I have a son who is nine uh, nine years old. He was diagnosed basically with ADD in 2013. And then when we took him to a, a specialist, they actually um, diagnosed him with ADD and they prescribed... Uh, I don't know whether I'm allowed to say the name of the medication or can I just say stimulants is basically the stimulants that he had to take every single day. Mm-hmm. Then after taking those stimulants he's basically suffering from twitching and twitching this twitching is like very, very bad to an extent that, that like sometimes he, he looks like he's gonna fall. He's losing, you know, his balance and he jumps, like all these like sounds that are actually coming out of his mouth. So when I googled about this uh, the side effects of the medication it actually even says that like sometimes if it twitches a lot it can it can actually lead to ep- epilepsy so took him back to the specialist and the specialist said to me we need to decrease the do- the dosage mm-hmm. which we did and then after that it actually went even worse mm-hmm. you know he's basically he can't even play his uh, soccer because it basically interrupts with his playing because when when that comes he actually has to, like, stop a bit and, you know, uh, uh, wait for it wait for to, it to end, finish to subside, and then afterwards yeah. carry on, yeah. So I just wanted to find out, because he's not epileptic, but, you know, I'm just stressing that uh, what if it goes to, you know, that to the, that stage where he can mm-hmm. be epileptic, because when I found a pharmaceutical that basically um, distributes this um, medication, they said to me, because the trials... Were done like a, a while back. They can't really do anything about it because I wanted to find out if maybe there's something that has, has triggered like something in his, you know, system yes. from the medication that they can actually find out and tell us what to do to correct it. So, Lindy, so did,
2: you, did your doctor not consider switching him to another medication, to another, yes. as you said, you called it a trigger?
4: Yes, he, she did, um, which is another stimulant. A stimulant, uh,
2: rather,
4: yes. Yes, yeah, another another type of a medication which really didn't help. In fact, this one was giving my son, like, uh, very bad okay. headaches and he just couldn't sleep at night. So I decided, you know what, I'm not going to take him on medication again. In fact, now I've taken him to, like, a, a school that specializes uh, with ADD kids. But okay. now the, the school principal actually phoned me last week to say, Really, really, you need to take your child to a neurologist because I really am worried about him, and it, it's affecting his speech now. You know, okay, well, and he's forty
2: Yeah, Linda, you've given us such a good uh, a sense of the story. Doctor Anderson, can you respond to that?
3: Certainly. Uh, it, it's obviously difficult without without seeing the patient, but. A lot of the stimulants that are used in ADD um, have various different pathways in the brain. Those medications are generally quite safe in epilepsy, so it's unlikely to be related to epilepsy. But what they can do is in in certain types of neurological conditions, they can bring out movement disorders, specifically what we call tics. Now, these are, are various different types of... Of what we call stereotype movements so twitches eye blinks shoulder shrugs even even some um, uh, noises made with the mouth Mm. Um, and these can be sometimes associated with even some anxiety symptoms of course it's impossible for me to say without without seeing him Um, and and one would really have to go to a neurologist to have a look but generally those medications in uh, for ADHD uh, are, are quite safe but you need to go back and have a look at the diagnosis in principle. You know, mm-hmm. if, if 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 it is uh, attention deficit disorder, um, that medication should be very effective. However, sometimes if it's more, if it's something else. The wrong medication uh, for, for could could bring out other symptoms. So I would certainly go back to the drawing board with the primary diagnosis.
2: I see, and maybe even get a second opinion.
3: Yeah, and, and I'd certainly I'd certainly get a neurologist to have a look at those movements uh, and sooner rather than later.
2: I see, Lindy, there you go. Let's go to Llewellyn in Krugerstorp. Llewellyn, we have you back now. Good afternoon.
1: How's
0: it going? We're good, Hi, Yeah, it and Bob mom has gone also got to start of epilepsy, and hers came from an in interview when she was a little girl, she fell against the door frame while she was running towards the phone. And ever since that, she's got this thing in her ear, like a pipe before a drain. But she's also on medication daily. And as the doctor just said, every six months I'll take it to the um, neurologist for the brain and she goes for a scan. And then they change the medication. Sometimes the combination isn't right and she'll get maybe five different attacks in one week where if the combination is fine, she won't have them for like two months but she she doesn't feel it's like she can't remember and she can't speak and it's only me she recognizes my sister but um, sometimes people she done for talk about yeah, she won't even know who you are mm-hmm. um, and she also, she can't speak and she can't remember, sometimes she'll have a fit and she can't even remember she's had one so yeah, I just wanted to say I wanted to find out what the doctor thinks about that
2: Sure, uh, so Dr. Anderson, just the change in frequency of medication, is that how it's normally treated or approached?
0: Uh,
3: back to the principles, you, you've got to understand what kind of epilepsy you're treating. Okay. Uh, Llewellyn, can, can I ask you, the, the, the epilepsy, um, do, you,
0: do you know what type has been diagnosed in your mother? That's the thing. I don't, I don't know the specific, and she's had it since she was a little girl, so I, I don't know if she even knows which one it is. But uh, it's also daily pills or whatever, and she also goes to the, the CAT scan or whatever every six months. And then they change this so or they change that. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, but as I say, she can't speak and because, then she can't remember yeah. or yeah. recognize certain okay. people. And yeah. she does strange things. Okay. Um, like in the shops, once we were in the tacky town, and she t- just started throwing off the shoes. And I mean, what happens if I was not there? What does the security part of something do in that situation mm-hmm. when that happens? And it's not the normal fall down and at yeah, home yeah. and turn the person on the side. What do you Absolutely. do? What happens?
3: Yeah. Uh, so, 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 firstly, you, you, you've described somebody with what's called a ventricular proteinal shunt. That's where the fluid is drained from from the brain into the, the spine. So, the CAT scan is there really to check on the pressure and has nothing to do with the epilepsy. Mm-hmm. After somebody has a seizure, and it doesn't really matter the kind of seizure they have, they, they have what's called post confusion where the person is very confused afterwards and they can act very strangely. They can think they're in a different place, sometimes not be able to speak. And I think that that's what you're describing in your mother learning. The way we treat it would really be to try and find the correct combinations of medications at at, at the correct doses for the correct kind of epilepsy. Mm-hmm. Of course, without more information, I can't tell you exactly what's going on there, but it sounds as if your, your mom would have what's called refractory epilepsy. So that's defined as somebody who's been on three drugs at adequate doses for a decent length of time but continues to have seizures. The next step would then be... To admit a person on EEG and actually trying to find the kind of epilepsy appropriately, that would be that would be the next step um, uh, for, for that kind of epilepsy.
2: Okay. Well, we have uh, quite a number of other calls lined up. My guest is Dr. Dave Anderson, neurologist. He also runs the epilepsy monitoring unit at Mill Park. More on uh, your experiences with epilepsy after the break.
1: Azania Musaka. On 702.
2: It's eight minutes to three and we go straight to your calls as we chat to Dr. Dave Anderson from uh, Mill Park. He runs, he's a neurologist there and he runs the epilepsy monitoring unit. Uh, Let's go to Michael in Alberton. Afternoon, Michael.
1: Hi. Um, I lost a son about uh, eight years ago. He was 10 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, He had a grand mal seizure. He was um, diagnosed. He drowned in the bath one night mm-hmm. on a Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. I just want to know if there was anything I could have done to prevent do it. He would be fine for like weeks. And then we just thought things were fine. I think you go for him to get coach. When when I came back, he had a seat in the bath and drowned i was trying to find out from doctors is there anything I could have done as a parent. Because I
3: blame myself. Mm. Oh, Michael, yeah. uh, I'm really, really sorry for your loss. It, this yeah. is this is horrific, and unfortunately, it's it, it's something that, as somebody who works in epilepsy, I see far too often. And it certainly is nothing that you could have done. Mm. Epilepsy people kind of run away from because of this very thing there is a there is a condition especially in young epileptics called uh, sudden unexplained death in epilepsy patients we refer to it as SUDEP where patients who are taking their medications who are generally doing okay suddenly die often it happens in sleep However, young patients can also suddenly have a seizure while they are bathing or while they are swimming or while they are doing something and and this is this is a devastating condition um, and and that's why epilepsy has has many repercussions for, for 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 not only the patient but but for the families, and it it creates it creates this 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 horrible feeling for for the patients when they're diagnosed, and I often have to tell patients about this condition, Sudep. But certainly from your side, there is nothing that you could have done. Um, we certainly know that that we can 't predict when these seizures can happen, yes. um, and unless unless we are chaining our children to our to our arms mm. there 's no way that there 's anything that you could have done.
2: Mm. And just uh, that it can strike at any time. Michael, um, your your pain is quite palpable. So sorry to hear about your loss. And as the uh, Dr. It's, it's Anderson clear, has because said,
1: I, I thought, no, it can't be this, you know. Mm. I never saw it, you know. It would happen at school a lot of times. And mm. you mm. know, I saw it one day and I thought, okay, maybe it is ready, you know, And
2: mm. Are you talking, yeah, are you yeah, seeing someone anyway regarding time, the guilt? Know, for a long
1: period. And,
2: yeah. yeah They're
1: yeah, changing his diagnosis you know, because it fits. And then they'd up his medication and he would be a zombie and then they'd bring down the medication because they said, no, it's going to damage him. Mm. And, yeah, I just...
2: But are you seeing someone regarding the guilt that, that you're carrying?
1: It's, it's hard because people don't understand what you go through, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: But I, and I picked him out at that thought that day and...
2: Well, oh, Michael, please, maybe we could put you in touch with someone and Stay on the line and let's see what our producers uh, can do The resources we have, the network that's there uh, Some of the professionals that we're aware of that we have access to Just stay there because you certainly need to speak to someone Who will help you unburden yourself Because you're carrying so much guilt around what happened But Dr. Anderson, as you said, the, unless we are with that person 24-7 uh, it can strike at any time, and we cannot blame ourselves
3: that 's absolutely true and, and, and this, this uh, often epilepsy patients, especially the young ones, learn about this and, and it creates a huge amount of anxiety in them. Um, And epilepsy changes a person permanently. A SUDEP is is fortunately quite rare, Mm -hmm. but uh, having the condition changes a person's life completely. There is the stigma attached to epilepsy. There is the anxiety that a person walks around waiting for another seizure to happen, and of course that changes a person's personality. There are certain things that they can't do. There is 18-year-olds who realize that they'll never be able to take alcohol. There is the fear of driving on the highway um there's a there's also an increased risk of 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 suicide, of depression, anxiety in epilepsy patients, so the seizure itself is actually rare, and medications treat it quite successfully, but all the other um, baggage that comes with it yes. can sometimes be more debilitating than, than the than the seizures themselves
2: yeah well, I'm quite saddened that we couldn't get to all of our calls, but thank you very much uh, for your expertise this afternoon. Thank you very much for having me. That was Dr. Dave Anderson, neurologist. He also runs the epilepsy monitoring unit at Mill Park as part of the health and wellness conversation for this Thursday.
0: Mayday, mayday. A war's been waged against us. The immune system's a threat. We're getting too weak to fight the infection. Do not surrender. Do not drop your armor. The infection's spreading, sir. Fear not, soldiers. There's a brave hero knocking at our door, and he will bring reinforcement. Captain, look. What is that coming up north? Is it an army? No, it's septoguard. Now, let us go triumphant! When your body's under attack from infections, leave the fighting to Septoguard, the all-natural defense against infections and flu for the whole family.